Hello and welcome to another episode, week 13 of our discussion of Rabbeinu's version of, of the four kitot, the four groups that will not merit greeting the Divine Presence. We are up to the third of those groups. We spent a bunch of weeks, I think six weeks each, on the late seam, on those who don't take life seriously or value life enough, on the shakarim, on the people who lie and don't tell the truth. And this time we're up to Hanafim, another category that was one of the reasons why I thought to do this series to begin with. I think it's, these are categories which are way too little recognized in our time. And I worry that we focus on issues that are important in and of themselves, although not as fundamental and as underlying as these. Meaning, if you think about it, Rabbi Yona puts it at the end of the third char. He seems to present it as the highest. Remember, the Yona's third char starts with the lowest level problems and moves up. And he says he's doing that consciously. So the lowest level problems, which he stresses are very serious problems as well, would be rabbinic law. Great. And then he moves up and up and up, and you have death penalty, you have loss of sharing the world to come, you have loss of sharing the world to come forever. You have all those categories. And then he throws on, at length, taking, as I said at the beginning of this series, a third of the shire. To describe these categories, I think it's because he's saying that when the Gemara says these people, it's one line in the Gemara. So I've seen Rambans with their band will say about other issues. I understand it's one line in the Gemara. I'm not sure why you take it so seriously, but the Rabinion is not the only one who did. Uh, there are pl- other people quote this as well. This is a Gemara that was just accepted. This will lose somebody, God forbid, the ability to greet the divine presence. That's a very serious, very fundamental issue. We're up to Hanafim. And I gave this big introduction because Hanafim is a category that I worry in our time people don't realize is even important at all. Meaning if I say to you that I think that people are maybe late seem. So late seem, you have to value life. Maybe that's another similarity. But people think, yeah, of course you shouldn't lie. But I don't know if they take it as seriously as they should. Here I'm not even sure they think of it as a problem. So when we look at Rabbi Yonah's list of Hanafim, we won't finish it this time. That's the key piece of it to think about do we real all do we all really recognize how significant an issue is to be a chani? So what are the chanafim? So in the third shah, this is paragraph 187 of Rabbi Yonah is there are nine types of chanafim? Nine types for those of you who like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But the first type is you somebody a Jew sees or knows or recognizes that somebody else is doing the wrong thing. And that they're fooling people, or they're tricking people, or they're speaking lush and hara, or they're teasing other people, or they're mistreating them verbally. Rinioni writes, "V'yachalik lo lashon hara lemor." Rinioni writes, "This person will give him bad language." And he doesn't mean lashon hara in the formal sense of lashon hara that we're going to talk about as the next group, because that's the next group. He means that it's an evil tongue, it's an evil way of speaking, when the person says to him, lo pa'alta aven, he says, you haven't done anything wrong. So the Benyonah says, ha'me'at, it's not, it's bad enough that the person isn't going to give him reprimand, he's not going to admonish him for the wrong they did, which is an obligation in the Torah. As Benyonah says, not a simple obligation, it's not always clear when we do and don't admonish people or try to remonstrate with people about the wrongs that they did, but it's a there's an obligation. So here I am, I see somebody, God forbid, I see somebody doing something wrong, not only 
don't I speak to them about it, which is what I'm, which the Torah seems to tell me I'm supposed to do, but I go worse than that. And I say, no, you didn't do anything wrong. It's all fine. Right? And he says, it's also a passage in Yermiyahu who says, or chizku, I think, they strengthen the hands of evildoers. That's the first step of Hanifah, is that we deny that something's wrong. So he's doing something wrong, we say, no, it's not. They're doing fine. He says, right? So this is evil. This is somebody doing the wrong thing, and it's a terrible sin. Radiona says, That's a phrase that I was struck by, because Yikanela Emet is Reniona saying that we're required to be zealous for the truth. So we just finished Shakra. I'm not going to go back to lying and to liars and those issues, but I just like that phrase to remind us we're supposed to be jealous and zealous for the truth. And if the truth is being warped or being mishandled, we're supposed to be bothered by that. And here the person, aside from the fact they're supporting evil, they're, they're adding to the falsehood in the world. They're saying that something that's wrong is good, something bad is good. They're turning, the radiona says, dark into light. And so that's one step. And I think it's a very crucial step. It's an important step. I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss it too quickly. Step one is we're, we're increasing the falsehood in the world. We're making it harder to understand what good is. Because somebody does something wrong, and we find a way to excuse it. And I think, unfortunately, this is a problem I see all over the place. Something's doing something wrong, we find a way to say it's good, it's fine, it's great. Terrible. It's different then. And there are situations where I can understand doing this, which is say, yes, they're doing the wrong thing now, but I have this reason I have to work with them, or that reason I have to work with them, or that reason I can't speak up against them. Vignano is going to recognize it as well. There are times when, when evil people are the ones in power. We're not necessarily required to speak up and tell them they're evil, but tell them they're good is the problem. Then he says also, by the way, in doing so, we're hurting that other person as well because we're giving that, we're, we're, because first of all, he won't think or she won't think to change their ways because they don't think they're doing the wrong thing. And not only that, now that they've been told that it's good, they'll do it again, right? Because the, the chanef, the flatterer, the chanef had said, no, you're doing the right thing. And then also, the Hanif is going to bear a punishment and, 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 and liability for the guilt of the sinner because the sinner is going to justify it based on being told that he was okay. And that's going to be a problem as well, aside from the lies. Okay, And Rabbi points out, there's a Pasuk Mishle that says, Matzidik Rasha, somebody who declares an evildoer to be a tzaddik, to be righteous to be doing the right thing. Umar Shia tzaddik, or somebody who declares a righteous person doing the wrong thing and looks down on them. To Abat Hashem Gam Shdehem. Hashem, the, both of them are an abomination to Hashem. It's a word that people today don't like because it's used in other contexts that people are trying and hoping they can find a way to say is okay. Now, that's a, unfortunately, it's a political question, so it's a lack of question too, but it becomes political. But the, 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 the primary context of the context that people know about Toeva is in fact an area of life where unfortunately Jews today are trying to say, no, that's fine, that's good. And I'm focused less on that area of specific instances of it. But it comes up in lots and lots of areas where we find ways, because it's comfortable for us, because it's convenient for us to say that evil person, that they're doing a good thing. They're good people. They're doing right. So that's a problem. And then there are times people doing the right thing, and we unfortunately tell ourselves, no, that's the wrong thing. So the Rebbeinion is pointing out, Pasuk and Mishle, the verse in Mishle tells us both of them are 
an abomination to Hashem. All the more so, says Rabbi Yonah, if it's in public, if everybody knows about it. Because if the Hanif says in front of people, you are great without any sin, so the Rabbi Yonah writes, This person has sacrileged and denigrated the proper ways of acting. That's a key component. Imagine if you have, and this comes up, imagine if you have an organization, an orthodox organization that's going to have a dinner of some sort, and they're going to honor a certain person. I know it's come up, let's say, when they honor people who are intermarried, God forbid. So that's the whole question, is in honoring them for with the stock that they give to the organization, are you saying the intermarriage is good? But I know of more recent examples of where Things honor politicians and people like that who have done good things for the state of Israel, for Jews, whatever it is, but are in many, many ways terrible people. And they say, no, you're such a great person. That's a diff- it's a very big problem. Says Rabbi Yonah in paragraph 188. He thinks that it's, it, it more, it's worthwhile to let oneself be endangered rather than go this far and do this wrong thing. And he gives an example from nearby in that Gemara in Sota. The Gemara in Sota we've been building off of is in Daf Bet. On Daf Alev, it's part of how the Gemara got there. The Gemara tells a story about Agrippa. So Agrippa is a, was a king at the end of Bayit Shein, at the end of the Second Temple, who seems to have come from a family of converts. And one time he was in public, they were having a public event on Sukkot, I think it was, and they're reading the Torah. And he gets to the verse of Lo Alecha The Torah says, when I when Hashem says, when you're gonna have a king, make sure it's not an Ishnachri. And Agrippas was an Ishnachri, meaning an Ishnachri means a stranger or theoretically a non-Jew, but he's not non-Jewish Agrippas, but he's not Jewish, he's not a full Jew in the sense of being allowed to be king because he's from a family of converts. So he's reading the Pasuk in public, and he realized it means he really shouldn't be king. And he starts to cry. And the people there say, no, you are a brother. I can easily imagine people today saying, you know, or being there and saying, we're just trying to make him feel better. It's so not nice. And remember that Agrippas was by and large considered to be a very good king. By and large considered to be a king who cared about Torah and mitzvot and things like that. So it is not a discussion with Agrippas. It's that they say to him, no, you're fine. The Gemara comments that at that time, the, all of the people there, God forbid, were deserving of destruction. Because they, they, they did Hanifa, which I always translate as flattery, but here what it means is that they, because they assuaged his guilt and they claimed to him that he was doing everything right when it wasn't. Really, Agrippas needed to read the Pasuk and to say, you know what, I shouldn't be king. I need to abdicate my throne. I need to give it up to somebody else. Right? I need to find a descendant of Beit David, of the house of David, and let them be king, or whatever I would do, but I can't be king. Then Radiona adds that if somebody's sitting in judgment, then you can't be afraid of people. Now, that's not Hanifa. That's a whole different, um, it's a different puzzle. The judges are not allowed to be afraid of anybody. But Radiona is putting it in here because it's a similar issue. What leads us to be machanif, what leads us to tell people who are doing wrong, that they're doing right, is fear of them. We fear that, if, meaning, why are the people saying, you could say, well, they're saying because they feel, because they like him, and because they appreciate him, but that shouldn't lead them to say, 
it's good that you're king because it wasn't good that he was king because he's not allowed to be king because he's from a family of Gerim because he's a family of converts. He's not a, a natural born Jew in that way. He doesn't have the right to be uh, a king. So that's just the, that's the way life works sometimes, that we're not all able to be whatever we want to be. So it really stems from a fear of if we said the truth, there'd be repercussions. Everybody on is linking that to judges. That's the challenge for judges too. There are plenty of times when judges have to worry that if they do things, there'll be repercussions. And thankfully not in Jewish circles recently, but but in non-Jewish circles, you have countries where judges get killed, they get shot, their husband gets shot, whatever it is, terrible things. And their kids get shot to death. Terrible things happen to judges. The requirement is not to be lotagurum neish. That's the first stage of Hanifa. Second stage of Hanifa. Akedek Hasheni is paragraph 189 in Rebbein Yona. In Adam. So the uh, second level. So it's not where you're going to say the meaning. You could have argued. You could be listening and saying, okay, fine. As long as I don't tell the person that the thing they're doing wrong is right, I should be okay. And maybe you're thinking, the example I gave of the dinner to honor a person who's a bad person but did this one good thing, maybe that's okay because we're not honoring them for the bad thing. We're only honoring it. So this is the second level. Yavachanev, Asher Yehalel Rasha, praises an evildoer in front of people, whether the evildoer there or not. Now, even though... Even though that you don't praise them for the evil they're doing, and you don't pervert their judgment in any way, but you say, "You say, oh, but he's a good person. Ah, he's a good guy." And about there, the verse in Mishlei says, "In honoring an evildoer." Now you considering. What are the statuses? What are the qualities of evildoer? Everybody's got things they do wrong. That's a conversation that Rabbi doesn't quite have, but I think that it's not as always as unclear as you think it is. So as Rasha, people who, by by virtue of, that's what Rabbi says, were not for the fact that I've now abandoned the Torah. It doesn't have to mean that I've abandoned observance. It only means I've abandoned, the person who does this, God forbid, has abandoned the morals of the Torah, the principles of the Torah, Lest, unless they had done that, they wouldn't find it possible to praise somebody who's violating the Torah, not keeping his mitzvot. Even if you manage not to praise the Russia for the evil they're doing, and you only praise them for what they've actually done well, nonetheless, Rainier says, that's terrible. It's still bad. Because when you mention the good, and you don't mention the bad, and you cover over their sins, people think, oh, that's largely a good guy. Meaning, it would be one thing if you told me that I'm going to say, so-and-so, let's say, helps the, the state of Israel, or so-and-so protects the Jews, and it's unfortunate that he's also an adulterer, and a liar, and a cheater, and a thief, and a whatever it is. Unfortunate, but I, but he does good things. Rabbi says, that maybe is better. But what usually happens is, in those situations, you say, oh, look at them. They did this good thing, right? They they supported the study of Torah. They helped yeshivas get lots of money. And you ignore everything else. The nulo yikar, and you honor the person. So the Rebbe says, and I've already told you that there's lots of things when you get, when you honor evildoers, that it's not right to do, and that's what's happening here. And therefore, it's, it's inappropriate to mention their good 
without mentioning the bad they do as well, so that people can know who this person is, and they can know and they're not supposed to think of the person as overall good, and keep in mind the whole picture. Right? And he goes to Pasuk Yishayahu that says that, the, that, that, that he reads to me that good deeds don't save a person, aren't supposed to save a person from their evil. The evil has to be judged and it be accounted for as well. So imagine you knew somebody who does things in public that are very, very bad, but does things that the Jewish people like as well. So you can say, well, we're going to take the good, we're going to enjoy the good, but we have to know there's the bad, but that's not what happens, unfortunately. What happens is because, because of the cognitive dissonance involved, because we're uncomfortable uh, you know, consorting with evil people and relying on evil people and celebrating evil people. So we tell ourselves, nah, they're not really evil. And that's what Riniona is decrying here. That to praise the good they do is only possible if we also remember and bring up the evil they do. And that's what we have to do. Uh, if you, uh, yeah. And then Riniona says the very last line of Kuf Pei Ted at 189 says, he says, you can tell who evildoers are. This is a thing that people today will say, oh, I don't know who the evildoers are. Radio says, you can tell them, now notice, you can tell them, he doesn't say by whether they keep all up or not, you can tell them by how they talk and then how they act, right? As I've already given to you in Shari Yerachim. This is one of the sad things about Shari Tshuva. We have four Sharim. Radio clearly wrote a longer work. I think the, the understanding is they wrote a 10 Shari work called Sha'arei Tzedek, one of the Sha'arei, one of the parts of it was talking about Yerat Chait, the fear of sin, and there he said he described better how to, to tell an evildoer. But I think he's given us a huge clue right here. We know them b'sichatam v'anhagatam. You can talk to a person and know if this is a refined person, a person who cares about values, meaning I've heard people will, you know, people who dislike so-and-so person, usually a politician I'm thinking, thinking of, they'll dislike so-and-so politician and say, oh, that person is terrible. And maybe that person has flaws, but you look at them and you listen to them talk, and at least they talk as if they care about moral values. Then you can say, well, they're a hypocrite. It may be true they don't always live up to what they want to do, but their actions and their conversation and their this, and this is true on both sides of the political aisle. There are plenty of people like this, right? So I'm not, uh, I'm not being political in saying this, but then there are other people. You look at how they talk and you look at how they act, and it's just the evil oozes out of them, and it's simple. So that's a challenge, because it's a challenge that people will nonetheless find a way to convince those of Noctu and Radiona saying that is Hanifa. That is the kind of dangerous flattery we were talking about that could, God forbid, lose a person their ability and their right to eventually greet the divine presence. Kuftzadi, 190. Another issue that I think is lost and lost today, people would say isn't true, and yet it's a puzzle image play as well. The Radiona is quoting the righteous. Are yitavu? That's that word abomination. They find evildoers an abomination. To avat tzadikim ish avel is the verse in Mishlei. It's not only that we feel that that a righteous person should feel, and somebody who cares about righteousness should feel that it's wrong what the other person is doing. They should be upset about what the other person. Is doing. They should dislike it, right? They should. They should be. It should be disgusting to them. If you don't treat it and think of it as about at least don't give a broken guy, but you're supposed to. The ideal is to really be disgusted by it. That's Kuftzani. Kuftzani Aleph, right? Let's say somebody just doesn't know better. So they praise an evildoer. Because the petty, and I say this because in our times, so many people who are thought of as thought leaders 
are pitayim, and exactly Rabbi Yonah's meaning of the word. A peti is like a fool or an uneducated person. Somebody hasn't learned yet. Rabbi Yonah says the peti thinks it's just good to praise things. We should always be positive. We should always praise things. Whether it's for a good thing, whether it's not for a good thing, but just find things to praise. And then the person praises the evildoers. Rabbi says that mistake, that preference for praise that leads the person to overlook evil and praise the evildoer for other things, that counts as a, as almost as a, as a, a willful sin because if you're serving God, there should be no way you let yourself fall into the trap of actually coming to like and praise and approve of those who are really, uh, who are really hated of God, who are doing evil. So that's step number two, not to praise evildoers. Big step. I think it's a big important thing. Step number three, Kuftari Bet 192. This is the third group. Let's say the person praises the evildoer in front of him, but not in front of other people, right? Other people, I know that. So, for example, I have, you know, random Reuven, who's an evildoer. Sorry to use Reuven's name, but Reuven's an evildoer. And I meet up with Reuven and say, you're a good guy, Reuven. You're so good. Now, this isn't, at least I haven't done it in public. I haven't done it in front of anybody else. So I'm not misleading them into thinking that Reuven's a good guy. But nonetheless, Rebbeyona is still a big sin because uh, the, I'm flattering this person. I am I am smoothing his way and I'm making him think that he's a good guy and he's not going to repent because he's going to think he's not going to think that there's anything wrong with him because oh, you're a good guy, right? So if you're not um, people who are not uh, righteous and people, when they get praised, they say to themselves, oh, I knew it. I always knew I was a really good guy. I know I'm a great guy. And when this guy says, he just confirmed what I already knew. Right? So another post in Mishnah, that people, when people are a chanet, and they, 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 they help other people, yashchit re'ehu. They, they sort of destroy their fellows because the chanet is mashchit re'ehu because when you praise him, the, uh, uh, now, righteous people, Rani Yonah says, know that they're not perfect. They know they're not great. They know they have to work on themselves. It's part of the, the path of a righteous person is to realize how much there is left to accomplish and left to do. So if you praise a righteous person, that's not so terrible because they're not going to take, they're going to take it with a proper grain of salt. They'll, they'll maybe enjoy it. They'll maybe feel good about it, but they won't let it mislead them into misunderstanding themselves. But uh, but an evildoer, they'll, they'll just accept it. They'll believe it. And therefore this Hanifa, even though it's private, and therefore only affects the other person, it is a disservice to that other person because they'll think of himself as being so great and he won't change. And uh, and also he may even become more arrogant and more he'll think, and therefore this person is sort of fed into him doing something worse, becoming arrogant to think of himself as too great. And then he says, um, on another post, he says, he quotes Avot to Rabbi Nassim, which is like a bright on Pirkei Avot. He says, if you have friends, some of them praise you and some of them admonish you, it says you should, it says there you should hate the ones who praise you. But what it really means is you should gravitate towards the ones who are willing to tell you the truth because the other ones are just aren't doing you a service, right? So that's what he says about the Khalifa that goes on there. Okay, number Kuftari Gimel, 193, fourth group. Here's another challenging one, right? We're not talking about praise now. We're talking about just going friends with them. So I don't admonish them and maybe I don't, I don't tell them they're great. But I live with them and I hang out with them and we're friends with each other. I make him a friend of mine. 
and he points out, admonishes, I think it's Jehoiakim, one of the kings of Yehuda, and it says, When you made a friendship with a king from the northern kingdom, who was not a good, who were not good, they were evildoers, so Hashem doesn't like what you've done. That's seen as being a problem, because, as we said earlier, but it comes up again here, because the righteous people should be disgusted by Rishaim. I said before, Ta'ava, the Ta'ev is to be disgusted by that way. Ma'osim Asu is the word here. As the verse in Tehillim says, Nivzev Be'inav Nimas. The part of being a righteous person is not just that we don't, if, if, if the, those who are righteous, not just that they don't do evil and they don't want to do evil or they don't like evil, but they find it disgusting, they find it upsetting. Right? As the Gemara and Megillah says, Right? As Elisha says to, uh, to Achav, if not for Yehoshaphat sitting here with you, maybe that's what it was before too, not for Yehoshaphat sitting here with you, I wouldn't even look at your face. Meaning Elisha is saying that you're so disgusting, I can't even look at you. And the Gemara and Megillah says, anybody who looks at an Adam Rasha, they, their eyesight dims when they get older, right? As what happened with Yitzchak, because he looked at Esau, and Esau was an evildoer. So Radion is saying, Radion is saying, it's almost metaphysical, because Yitzchak didn't look at Esau and know that he was a Russia and just flatter him or just decide to ignore it. Yitzchak didn't even know, and yet it has that problem, says Radion. So this fourth level of being friends with Rishayim, it's a hard issue. Right, because we make friends, we don't make friends, we don't pick our friends based originally on whether they're good or not good. We don't usually know whether they're good or not good when we first meet them, and then we're friends with them. So to end the friendship over something, that's a hard challenge. You have to make a decision about whether they're a rush or not. Remember, Rinaldo thinks one part of the issue is the way they speak, the way they act. That'll give us guidance as to whether to do it. But Rinaldo is saying, and don't think that it doesn't damage you, even if. You didn't know it at the begin with. Maybe even if you don't know it at all, but hanging out with Rishaim has damaging effect on the righteous person as well. And therefore, a righteous person is not to be uh, befriending them. And, and ideally, wouldn't even look at such people, would stay away from them completely. That's the fourth level of Hanufa, is just maintaining a friendship without a discussion of good, bad, praise, not praise. Fifth level, Kuftzari Dalit is let's say somebody has a public profile people believe this person they have an Instagram account with 300 million followers and they promote a certain person right or a relative or a friend right because we love that other person and we say about them now this person isn't bad but we say about them that they're wise when they're not Right? So what's that a problem? Because the people who read that or who are influenced by this influencer will now take their recommendation. Assume that person is, is, is capable of this and that, and they'll rely on that, and they'll say, okay, I can go ask them advice, or maybe I'll make them, a, you know, in Torah circles, it would be, let's I'll make them a judge, I'll make them a rub. And this person doesn't know what they're doing, and they're not, they're not really qualified, and they'll miscarry justice, they'll miscarry what should happen, and it destroys the world. Similarly, let's say we say about somebody, oh, he's trustworthy, right? You give a recommendation. Recommendations are a serious thing, especially if people are going to believe your recommendation. So you give a recommendation, and you don't know if they're trustworthy or not, right? They just ask you for a recommendation. So you gave one. And maybe somebody's going to listen to your recommendation, and then they're going to, you know, they're going to 
get into business with this person or I have a, you know, I know cases where people get married and don't get told about the other person when they get married and it turns out the person is completely untrustworthy, right? So all of these are things that we're talking about here. The quotes come on and says, If you set up a judge who's not really fit for the job, it's like planting an Asher. An Asher is a tree of worship of a power other than Hashem because and how is it like that? Because a judge's job is to keep the Torah of Hashem and the justice of God, and you are um, instead doing this other thing. You're instead um, making sure that you're you're instead making a judge who's not a good judge. So how's that going to work? So therefore, if there's a Torah scholar there who should be the judge, it's like you have have planted this Asherah near an actual altar where the service of God should be. So Rabbi says, and somebody who is mekim if you start the business of making somebody who's not worthy, they say about it, somebody tries to get a tree to wake up, to a stone, right? Because they're not, they're not worthy of it. And Rabbi says that the people who set up such inappropriate judges they are going to pay for it one day because Muslim Habakkuk says that Hashem will come one day to his Hechal Kodcho, which doesn't only mean the Beda Mikdash, it means where the glory of God emanates from and the truths of God emanate. And the Hasmi Panakalar, somebody should be afraid of it because if we, God forbid, have been among those who set up unworthy people, then we're going to be part of having supported, God forbid, anti God initiatives or initiatives against the will of God. So you end up having the first five. We have four more to go next time, God willing. We have the first five ways in which Hanifa is a deep problem. There's praising the evil itself that the person is doing and telling them they're doing well and it's a good thing. Then there's praising the evildoer in public, not for the bad things they do, but praising them in general when they're an evildoer and we're supposed to say, this is an evildoer we really shouldn't be benefiting. We shouldn't be taking the good or just pay kids the good. We have to, we can notice the good. We have to notice the bad too and keep it in mind. Third was doing it in private with that evildoer, so that just hurts that other person. Nobody else will get hurt by it, but the evildoer himself or herself will not think to change because they're being praised as a good person. The fourth is maintaining a friendship with such a person. And the fifth, which isn't about evildoers anymore, it's just about disqualified people, right? People unqualified, not disqualified, unqualified people, and helping unqualified people get the positions they're not supposed to have, and that ruins society and hurts society. All of those are forms of chanifa, and we'll get to more next time to see them, but this is a uh, discussion of Khanifar, first stages of what does it mean to be among those who support the bad in the world rather than the good. See you next time for more on Khanifar.